Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. people how are you where are you thank you for clicking play on this episode i always recognize that there are tons of podcasts out there tons of music you could be listening to so the fact that you choose for my voice to be in your little ears is the honor of a lifetime today i'm so excited about what i'm about to record i've been stewing and brewing over it for around a month i've been wanting to make an episode about kind of like my life rules my bible And I wanted to title the episode something along the lines of like 30 things that will make you more attractive. And I just, I couldn't find the right word because I don't mean attractive in like a romantic or sexual or physical sense. I mean, sometimes you meet people and they are just magnetic. You just want to hang out with them. You want them in your life. You want to be their friend. You want them to be your mentor. Those kinds of people I deem attractive. So I don't mean this in like, just a looks like who's hot kind of way, but it's the word I think I'm going to be sticking with, and I think I'll end up titling this episode something along those lines, but I have a list that I've been working on for a month now of 30 things that will make you more attractive and in turn more confident, and I wanted to share. They're going to start out a little more superficial, and by the end, hopefully I'll have like little stories to tell and things like that, but I don't even know how long of an episode this will be. I just wanted something where I had a lot of my life rules kind of in in one place. So I can reference them back. You guys can reference them back. It'll be like the Bible episode. I'm stoked about it. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying these are not things I have always implemented in my life, but they are things that once I've started to implement in my life, my life has gotten better. I've been able to make more friends. I've felt happier, I felt more confident, I felt more myself, um, and I hope this does kind of a similar thing for all of you. Okay, let's get started. Number one is eye contact. It's simple and it sounds so easy, but it sometimes is harder in practice because it really is quite vulnerable to hold eye contact with someone. A while ago, a book came out called How to Make People Obsessed with You. Um, which I read like a little bit of, I I don't think I would recommend the book as a whole, but something that they talk about a lot in there is eye contact. It's a very primal thing, whether you're flirting with someone, whether you're wanting to be friends with someone, whatever it is, I'm telling you, eye contact will do wonders. It'll make people feel connected to you. It'll make people trust you. And then the second thing on my list is smiling at people. And I'm not just talking people you're talking to, but smiling at the barista, smiling at the bartender, smiling at strangers, smiling on public transport. It just makes you so much of like this warmer person that people want to be around. Third thing is compliments. I implemented this a couple years ago in my life and it just is is a fantastic rule of thumb. If I like something about someone's outfit, about someone's hair, someone's jewelry, anything, I will tell them. I think often we think really positive things about people and don't end up telling them. And 
the world is just a better place, a much more connected place when we do tell each other things we love about each other. It often sparks like good conversation. It's really easy to do with like waiters or waitresses you have. It's just a good a good step forward, I, I really believe. Okay. Number four, do more things analog. I feel pretty passionately about this one. I will say that I think growing up, I spent a lot of summers in India. I've been fortunate to travel to a lot of other countries. I think America specifically has hustle culture really embedded in its culture. And I think that means we prioritize a lot of things for ease, like ordering something off Amazon or placing the Starbucks pickup order and just going and picking it up. And because of all this tech we have now, I think it's so easy to just not connect with anyone ever, not have to talk to anyone ever. And I totally get sometimes you're in a rush and those things are awesome. But I try to challenge myself to do more things off my phone every week. I live a pretty online life. You know, I post on the internet, my work is online, my research is online, all of that. So I really try to connect with more people in person. I try to, you know, go talk to a barista. I try to go return a library book um, to the person at the counter and not through the little slot. And these things just make my day happier. I think the more you can connect with real human people, the happier you will be. Then it goes back to the eye contact and the smiling thing. It just creates a better community around you, which in turn makes you more attractive and you feel better about the life you're building for yourself. Okay, number five, be loud about what you love. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I, a couple weeks ago, made a journal entry where I wrote down a lot of the good things in my life that have happened over the past year or year and a half. And then I backtracked on all of them and I went, I kind of made a map of like where all those good things came from. And almost every good thing in my life, I'm talking things I've applied to, friends I've made, started because I climbed onto Fear Mountain. This is the visualization I'm asking you to do in your head. Climb onto Fear Mountain and do the thing that's a little nerve wracking, a little scary, a little cringy maybe and be loud about what you love. I started posting on TikTok. I started making this podcast because I just wanted to gab and I love to gab. And I started talking about, you know, books and essays and my life rules and my friendships and things I really, really love to chat about. And it's created this beautiful community. And I think the second you let go of the fear around being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, and you are genuinely just loud about what you love, you will find your people. If you go back and listen to the episode with Lauren, I think it was like one of my first five or six episodes of the podcast, she says this too. She says for the longest time, she never talked about her passion and excitement around bird watching. And then when she finally did, she found that so many people loved that about her, wanted to do it with her, uh, put her in contact with other people who did it. And it just made her life fuller and made her life better. And I just think that's like such a beautiful way to live. Imagine at the end of your life, you're shown a graph of your potential of everything that you could have done, every person you could have connected with, every ounce of joy you could have felt, and then the graph line of like what you actually accomplished and felt and the people you connected with. I just always imagine that I don't want that disparity to be very big. You know, I just always imagine that 
I lived every day to the fullest. I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. I talked to all the people I wanted to talk to. And the root of all that really is loving things hard and loudly. Number six, find a form of movement that you enjoy. I was never an athletic person. Sports scared me. I have this very vivid memory of my parents enrolling me in soccer and in swimming when I was younger. And on the soccer field, I just wanted to be as far away from the ball as possible. It was just so scary to me. And so I've just like never been a sports person. And so growing up, I was like, I guess I'm just not a movement person. And once I got to college, a lot of my friends went climbing a lot and I'm really scared of heights. So I was like, okay, that's not for me. And then my friend Maya got me into weightlifting and I really enjoyed that. Not just the aesthetic value, but it got me so out of my head and it was so capital F fun for me. And recently I started doing Pilates and I feel the same way about that. It's so meditative. It gets me out of my head out of my body and it's just fun and I think finding a form of movement you enjoy makes you a lot more comfortable with your body and makes you think of your body as something that can do things for you rather than just this like aesthetic blob that you dress up sometimes and I I never really know how to talk about body stuff but I really really think working out finding a form of movement that makes you feel like proud of your body is so so huge okay number seven clothes you feel confident in this i think is so much trial and error but for me this meant getting out of trend cycles and figuring out what i actually like wearing what is like flattering on my body what i'm comfortable in and for a long time i bought like so many blouses and things like that But I realize now I'm a t-shirt girl through and through. A nice fitting t-shirt, a nice fitting pair of jeans makes me feel so good. I know a lot of people aren't jeans people. You know, people like leggings or yoga pants. I'm a huge jeans girl. I really am. And for a long time, I hated how shorts looked on my body. And recently, I found like a length of shorts that I really like on my body. And once you feel really good about your clothes, the color palette, mixing and matching... Getting ready every day feels so much less daunting. Now I know um, when I'm going to school or anything like that, a nice fitting pair of jeans, a t-shirt, a little sweater over it, the jewelry I like, doing my hair the way I like, it just makes me feel so in my body. And I think everyone just needs to have like their cartoon character outfit, you know, what they would wear if they had to wear the same thing every day and then finding that in different cuts and colors and things like that. I've also realized I love myself in colorful clothes, as easy it is for me to find really basic, really neutral tops. Every time I wear color, I'm a little bit happier, and that's like a cool good thing to know about yourself. Number eight, put your phone down when you are entering a place. It's so easy to use your phone as a crutch, to use it as a tool to be like, oh, I'm so busy, I have so much going on, I'm texting people, I'm calling people. I get it, I used it that way for a long time too. But imagine you are looking for someone to talk to in a room. You are much more likely to go approach the person who looks warm, who's not on their phone, who's maybe holding a drink and looking around, than to approach the person with their nose in their phone or their AirPods on or something like that. It just makes you more attracted to them. 
we're all looking for an easier social situation. I would also say this if you're looking for someone to approach you in a romantic capacity and you're in a group of 20 people, it might feel a little more daunting for them to do so versus if you step away with just one friend or by yourself. You know, it, it makes it a little less scary overall. Okay, number nine, stop doom scrolling. I have been there. I really have. I love my phone time. I cherish my phone time. But I really think doom scrolling makes you uglier. I This is my belief. And I think specifically the comparing yourself to other people on the internet over and over again, day in and day out, makes you a worse version of yourself. I think it makes you look at yourself differently. I think you're holding yourself differently when you've been on your phone for several hours, feeling like crap about yourself. I just don't think it's good practice. I know every once in a while uh, a scroll feels real good, but you know when it becomes a doom scroll. You know that about yourself. You know how that makes you feel. And before you know it, you're knees deep in someone's Instagram and comparing your outfits to theirs and your body to theirs and then looking at their LinkedIn. And it's just weird and it's bad for you. And it's so tempting. I get it. It's just not going to make you better. It's not going to make you happier. I swear. Okay. Number 10. Keep learning. I think outside of school, it's really hard to keep that curiosity, keep that awe of learning in your life. But again, it makes you a better person. It makes you so much more interesting to always have things to talk about with people. And you're just going to have to find the form of learning that really works for you. For a lot of people, that's not reading, but it is listening to an audiobook or it's listening to a podcast interview with the author of something. Find what works for you and keep some semblance of learning and of curiosity in your life. Number 11. Now, this one is kind of lame, but I just could not make the list without it. Drink water and prioritize your sleep. Both of these things honestly just make you happier, healthier, make you make better decisions, make your face look better, make your body look better, make your hair better. It's just good for you. And I wanted to not include it because everyone is telling you to do this all the time. But I think for a long time in my life, it was like, oh, haha, I haven't drank water today. How silly and quirky. And like, I only slept for five hours. How crazy is that? I'm so tired. But the second I made those two things non-negotiables, I have genuinely felt healthier. Number 12, create a routine you love. Routine makes you hot. I believe this so strongly. Of course, keep room in your life for spontaneity every once in a while, but the things in your daily routine are just going to elevate everything. If you are having trouble creating a routine for yourself, I would highly, highly suggest Andrew Huberman. He is where I created most of my routines from. But I understand that a lot of people think his podcast can be pretty long and dreary sometimes. So I'm going to give you some things that I've implemented from his podcast that have made my routine so much better. Okay, when I get up in the morning, I try to get sunlight in my eyes as soon as possible. And one way I do this is I just don't have blinds or curtains in my room. It makes it easier for me to wake up. I know that's not for everyone, but... It's a quick hack for me. I don't love to sleep in. All right, after that, I try not to have caffeine for at least 90 minutes after I wake up. This can be tricky if you, you know, are on your way to your job or whatever, but if you can implement it, I think it's awesome. And then I don't have caffeine 
for 12 hours before I want to sleep. So usually this means I have my caffeine between like 8 and 9 or between 9 and 10 a.m., depending on what my day looks like. Some other things he swears by are not looking at your phone before bed, but I do not do that. And another thing he says is caffeine is a reinforcer, so you can pair it with things that you don't generally love to do. So things like exercise or studying, and I also like to implement that. I also love having a routine in the morning of walking or running or working out of some sort. And I think that just makes it easier for me to get out of my apartment in the mornings. I think that's really helpful if you're a work from home person. I, you know, kind of have a self-directed schedule, so it really helps me out with structure. I just love, love, love routine. I think it's really grounding and really centering for yourself. All right, number 13, find a signature makeup look that works for your features. For the longest time, I think at peak, like, 2016 beauty YouTube, I wanted to look like everyone else. I wanted to do my makeup like everyone else. And the quote unquote everyone else was people who looked very, very different from me. Nowadays with the power of TikTok, which like democratizes knowledge and virality, you can really find people who look like you with features that are like yours. And I think really having a signature look is so helpful. Again, it makes you get out the door faster in the mornings. I know for myself, like a little eyeliner in my waterline does a lot for me. Curling my lashes, maybe some brow gel, and a little something on my lips. That just flatters me. It's not too much. It doesn't overdo it, but it makes me look a little more put together. Number 14, don't compare yourself to people on the internet. I know I talked about this with the doom scrolling thing, but it's the same sort of thing. If you have people on the internet that every time you see them, you feel like crap about yourself, block them or mute them if they're people in your life and you're obliged to follow them. I think the internet is a really cool place. It can be a very inspiring place if you let it. It can be a very uplifting place if you let it. I really do think it's a superpower and it's a tool that our generation has and I think most of us just do not use it the right way. I think if you set the right boundaries with being online, it can be a really, really helpful superpower. So just don't make it something that makes you feel like bad about yourself all the time. Number 15, have self-respect. For me, this means living a life in service to future me. That's what that means to me. Self-respect is this like really vague thing, of course. But if I had to give you a visualization for it, something to make it a little less abstract. Imagine yourself a year from now at dinner with some new friends and you're telling them about this era of your life. Do you want your stories to sound like, oh my God, why was she doing that? Why didn't she care about herself? Or do you want it to sound like, oh, she really got out of that bad situation or... You know, she figured out someone wasn't treating her well and she got out of it. That's my tool for myself is that's what I tell myself. But I do think self-respect is a muscle and it's something that takes time to work on and you need to release a lot of judgment from yourself and give yourself a lot of grace to really work on it. So this is not me telling you to be hard on yourself. It's me telling you self-respect makes your life better in the long run and it's 
It's worth it to work on it. Number 16. All right, here's where we're getting um, to the point where I want to explain these a little more. Number 16. Living well and revoking access to you is the best revenge and the only revenge you need. I think the second you start living your life like access to you is a privilege, people start to treat you the way you want to be treated. And the thing is, people will treat you the way you let people treat you. So this kind of goes back to the self-respect idea. But I don't mean to make yourself... I think, like, main character syndrome has really plagued our generation. I think everyone thinks they're the main character, and that means they have to live a certain way. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if someone has wronged you repeatedly, you don't need them to be a close person in your life. You don't even need them to be in your life. And I don't mean that access to you is a privilege where you have to act as some hot shot, better than everyone else sort of thing. But I do mean that you should really love the people you surround yourself with and you should give them a lot of love and they should be worthy of a lot of love. And the way I think about it is everyone in my life, everyone I'm close to, everyone I hang out with, I think so, so highly of. And I hope they think pretty highly of me. And it just makes my life better and fuller to know that. So I like to live my life in accordance with this. Living well is the best revenge. Revoking access to is the best revenge. And it is the only revenge you need. At the end of the day, you are going to be treated the way you let people treat you. And you got to make people treat you well. And this goes back to the self-respect thing. It's You have to give yourself a lot of grace throughout this process, but it makes your life better when everyone in your life is a cool freaking person. Okay. Number 17, do things you're good at. I realized this a while ago. Ultimately, we all have a set of skills that we're good at, and exercising those makes us feel better about ourselves. For me, I'm amazing at planning a big group dinner. You know, if you give me that task... I will get everyone rallied, I'll get everyone's schedules, and I'll do it. And for a long time, I was like, oh, this is a thankless job, da-da-da. But every time I did it, I would sit at that dinner at the end of the day with all my friends there and feel so good about myself. And I realized just, like, doing things you're good at, making things happen that you're good at, really raises your self-esteem. And having a high self-esteem makes you feel better about yourself makes you live better, and that energy radiates off you. People are like, okay, she knows what she's doing, and people want to be around that sort of energy. Number 18, say yes. I find it so easy to say no to things, and it's not something I love about myself, but for most social events, I can kind of convince myself that I'm not gonna have a good time or it's not worth it to go or I'll be happier curling up with a book in my bed and I have to really talk to myself and say you know what just go do this thing step out of your comfort zone climb fear mountain do the thing and most of the time it's rewarding so it's really been something that I'm still working on saying yes to things but that goes into my number 19 Leave when you're not having fun. I, and this is not me saying, you know, abandon your friends, but this is me saying, have this like inside radar with yourself, have a little check-in with yourself when you're in the bathroom at a social event or something and say, do these people feel good for me? 
do these people make me happy? Am I having fun? Am I happy here? And if you're not, you can leave. So that's kind of my check with myself is I, I make myself say yes. I make myself go to the thing and then I give myself a pretty easy out, which again, in turn, makes it easier to say yes to more things because I'm not holding myself to being there the entire time. Number 20, leave a little bit before you're ready. And I'm not just talking about this with parties or stuff like that, but I'm talking about this with cities, with jobs, with bigger decisions in your life. By the time you're ready, it usually means that it's a little bit too late. You want to leave when it's still uncomfortable because that means that's when you'll experience the most growth. And if you want this to work with the party analogy, it can work that way too. I don't think it's that fun to be the last person somewhere, unless you're helping clean up or something like that, or it's your party. But it is fun to leave a little bit before you're ready. I'm also, this is a completely separate thing, I really believe nothing good happens at a post game. I am someone who's like, I need to be in bed after a party. I don't think a lot of good happens from staying out way, way, way past my bedtime. Okay. Do, 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 number 21. Oh my God, we're making our way through this list. Don't be the shit talker or complainer. This one's pretty easy. No one likes that person. No one likes the person that is always talking shit about their supposedly close friends. No one likes the person who's always complaining about the same damn thing when everyone has told them exactly how to get out of it. And of course, you're allowed to do this once in a while with your best friends. But for me, at least, I don't want friends who are constantly talking crap about their other close friends because then I'm like oh why why are they in your life is this your standards for people do you talk about me this way it just feels really really messy to me versus I love the people who are able to have close relationships that they really love and value and trust because it makes me feel closer to them And this goes with, like, not just people, but the people who are always complaining about the position they're in, the situation they're in, when they could easily get out of it. You kind of feel like, hey, I just, I want to get in your brain and, like, switch some gears and change this thing for you. It can be pretty frustrating for the people around you when it happens repeatedly. Number 22, have opinions and a value system. My mantra for myself is strong opinions loosely held. So I have strong opinions, but if I get new information, those opinions can easily change. But I think someone who has opinions is really attractive to me and someone who has a value system is really, really attractive to me. It's it's something that makes you feel really morally aligned with people. And it's just fun to be with someone who has opinions. You're, when everyone's like, oh, where are we going to go get dinner? The one person who's like, this one Thai spot is really good or this one Italian spot is really good. It gives the group kind of a direction. It gives the people around you a direction. I think they're an awesome person to be around. Um, Not saying that you have to shove your opinions down everyone's throat, but someone who has opinions is great. Number 23, be the one who says the nice or cool thing. This goes back to the shit talking one, but I love being around the person who's just like saying the nice thing. It's, it makes them more magnetic. It makes them more charming. If everyone is complaining about something and someone says like, oh, actually, I really like when that happens. It makes me feel so connected to them in a weird way, even when I don't share the same opinion as them. I think that's really cool. I think it makes them look so confident 
And I love that about people. I just, I think I love when people have opinions on things. Number 24, try. I'm so serious, try. Have goals, work towards your goals. Be unabashedly unafraid to try and fail. Those kinds of people are so sick to be around. It's awesome. I find that so inspiring and so attractive and magnetic and I just love people who try. I think I don't have a single person around me or in my life that I don't think is trying at something. Number 25, create a full life for yourself with intention. Plan things. Have things on your calendar. Think of the most magnetic or attractive person you know and I promise they have stuff on their calendar. Think of the version of yourself that has the most full life and I promise that person has things on their calendar. They have events, they have birthdays, they have time to celebrate the people they love, they have meetings, they have time to work on things they love, they have their routines on their calendar. That intention makes someone so appealing to me and I think makes them appealing to most people. Okay, Number 26. This one's kind of a silly one, but my friend Jade says if a man cancels on her, she goes to the gym. And this isn't saying that you have to replicate that exact thing, although I love that rule of hers. I think it's so fun. But anytime something doesn't go your way or doesn't work out for you, it's nice to pour that energy, that time into yourself. I really believe that and I think it makes us better. It gets our mind off the thing that doesn't work out. And I don't know if I've copied her rule exactly, but I I try to do that. If some of my plans fall through, if something I was looking forward to doesn't happen, I, instead of giving myself a treat, I make myself work harder in another department of my life. And I love a treat. I love treating myself, but this is the one area that I'm pretty disciplined about. And I find that long term, it's worked out for me more than just a momentary sweet treat ever could. Number 27, break up with the person you're always fighting with. A bad relationship can suck the life out of you. A bad relationship can suck the magnet, magnet, magnetism, 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 that word. It can suck that out of you. A bad relationship can make you feel dull, look dull, be dull. A bad relationship can make you depressed. It can make you lose all your opinions it can make you lose your self-esteem. Basically every other thing on this list, a bad relationship can destroy. Get out of that relationship. I have a lot of breakup episodes. I want to make more breakup episodes, so I will have any sort of guide about that, but I'm a huge proponent of breaking up with the relationship that's not serving you. My mom says all the time that this is the age when relationships should actually be pretty easy because Life just gets harder with time, and that means relationships get harder with time. So you really want your person, your partner, to be predictable, to be comforting, to be in your corner, and to be making you better. And if it's anything short of that, it's making you duller. I promise. And it's hard. It's so hard, and it's easier said than done. So this is no judgment, but this is my list. Number 28. If you're not Telling your loved ones how you're being treated in a relationship. Also, move on. I just think this is such a good check if you're in a relationship. You should be able to tell the people who love you the most exactly how you're being treated. 
And if you're scared to tell him stuff, that's probably a feeling you should examine and think about a little more because the people in your life that have been there forever really care about you and they should be pretty giddy listening to how you're being loved. Okay, number 30 of this list is a silly one, but it's one I wanted to end on. It's listen to this podcast and share this podcast with a friend because the best way for this podcast to grow is an organic share. I don't love to do a lot of promo for it. And I'm just happy when someone says like, oh, me and my friend group listened to this episode together or, you know, we listened to it separately and we all talked about it with each other. I love that feeling. And that's the one I'm going to end on because I only had 29 things in my list. So I wanted to add one last one to make it a good even number in the podcast title. All right. I feel so winded. I just talked for 30 minutes straight and I have been pretty proud of this list as I've been making it, so I'm so glad I finally recorded this episode, and it's with all of you now. One of my favorite feelings in the world is releasing a podcast episode and seeing DMs flood in of what you guys thought about it, what resonated, what questions you have, so I'm pretty excited about that. I love you, I love you, I love you. I, again, will have to say I recognize that there's so much media out there And the fact that you guys are listening to this podcast, this episode, makes my heart feel so big and warm. And I want to say thank you for letting me have a space where I'm loud about what I love. I love you guys. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at Maltalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube